the wolf and bitch and wolf. I've got a guest with me today. I guess I'm going to call her the uh, bitch that I'm fucking at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I know that sounds harsh and terrible, but sort of funny. And it's funny to me and you because I know you know I'm a dick. I do. I guess that's one of the things you love about One of them. Like what I was saying to you before about you get some pretty good stories off record. Like you get, Exclusive. Yeah. You get some ripper stories. I do. And I was telling you that, you know, when these stories pop up in my head, it's, you know, what, what records for 15, 20 minutes of telling the story goes in my head within like five to ten seconds and it's there and I'm like, oh, man, that's fucked up. And then it just stays in your head. Yeah, it just stays in there because I'm like, fuck, it's, it's there and i I got to tell it. So this is the story of Teardrop. Hope you enjoy. Look forward to it. OB. Rise Construction Solutions. Rise Construction Solutions. Proud sponsors of... The Bitch and the Wolf. about a bloke that was madly in love with this woman. And she was gorgeous. Just one of them, you know, naturally hot-looking young chick. Like, when I say young chick, around, you know, 21. Too young for me. But in the schemes of things for a young man, you know, just... Uh, and he fell madly in love with her. They both do. They both, they both had one of them relationships where you just hang... Hang in time. Love has turned into a couple of years now. So they've aged. She's aged 23. I think he's 24. Still madly in love. You know, the sort of couple that they travel overseas. I'm a little jealous she's doing it, but you're so fuck with her. Not doing it. You know the type. Don't make me fucking, don't make me mention your names. Because I could. But anyway, back to the story. Their love was hanging in time. They were in a moment. And they were in love. And when you were in love, and in that moment, and you're hanging in time, you know that feeling yourself. Well, that's where they were at. He wanted nothing more to settle down, have children, and just conform to life. She was quite smitten herself. She was quite the same way, quite like Eva or Ivor got home from work. And the other one was there, and they greeted each other with a cuddle and a kiss, and... Let me pour you a glass of wine and love. Anyway, after a nice meal one night, a nice romantic meal, that was their uh, third year anniversary, and Max, as I like to call him, you know, he had he had something bigger in mind. Just dinner, he was, you know, going to get down on one knee and he's going to ask the, the woman that he loved to marry him and to... You know, dedicate each other to each other, hanging in time. So the meal went down, a little banter, I guess. I don't know how you guys in your head have them, but I know how I have, Max. You know, he's sort of all right, he's educated. He's a guy that's, you know, he's, for a job, he's already, you know, running a construction site with some supervisor that hasn't picked up a hammer. 
Just one of them, why does everyone fucking hate me because you don't pick up tools? But other than that, he's a pretty good guy. Pick up a tool, you might be like one. Well, them guys, and as for her, you know, she's just always fucking happy and always sort of flighty with a walk and a little glamorous, little coastal, little, little city mix, a little Bondi, whatever clothes shop you want to put her in, put her in. Back to the dinner. They're putting dinner, nice risotto. There you go, that sounds sort of romantic. You know, I've probably had one in my life, thought it was too ricey. But it sounds romantic, risotto. Max there gets down on his knee like he's doing up his shoelace, only to pop up, kneeling on one knee, ring in the hand another, and a big, big smile, an almost nervous smile, of teenage-ish years, getting your first finger, something like that, something nervousy, a bit nervy, and I hope I don't fuck this up. Hope I think of the right hole. It's not till years later you find out any hole's a goal. <laughs> Sorry, back to the story. He gets down on his knee. And he turns to Amber. It's her name. It's a like to call her. And he says, Amber, in the short time that we've been together, I've never felt such love for such another human that I couldn't picture a moment without you, without us, without the two of us creating life and living just us. Well, Amber, with her pants a bit, <sighs> I've had a breath taken away from her because that's how she thought herself, that the two of them should conform to life, just do it, raise our kids. Be beautiful parents, be beautiful people. Funny thing with times, dates, occasions, they have a way of popping up and coming around to fuck things up, trick things up, change things to massive scales from one end to the other. And this is one of them moments for Max. And I couldn't be happier. We're in love and that cuddle of oneness that they are. They end up in the bedroom where they make love, not fuck, but they make love. And that's the binding tie for them for future life. Max got up to go have a piss. <sighs> Funny how life and its times and occasions and whatnot had a hemorrhage and stroked out. It didn't die. Might as well have just perished. Because now he's just a lifeless Corpse, a breathing corpse that couldn't communicate, basically move. You know, after six months of, he might not, he might, he mightn't, he might not, he might, he mightn't, he might not, he might, he mightn't. The choice had come to Amber, and Amber remembers that moment, that love making before he had this hemorrhage. Their love was binded and tied, so she took him home and cared for him. It's pretty uh, monotonous work for her. You know, it's a big ask of anyone. I suppose, you know, when you do love someone, changing someone's ass that you love ain't a problem. Putting another nappy on them ain't a problem. Because love, it's love and it's binding. Still, it's a lot to ask, day in, day out. Just so happens that Amber happened to... Uh, get a nurse that used to come in to uh, reprieve her a little bit of her task. 
she uh you know she liked that there was help and she she liked that she she got to talk to someone someone was a male nurse and uh you know he was young he was tall he was possibly gay but obviously wasn't he had his nurse way I don't know, think country practice and fucking Molly's fucking husband. Not a doctor, but a nurse. Could be the same fucking thing. You know, after months of looking after Max, looking after Teardrop, she formed a somewhat relationship and bond with the nurse. Ember's place, residence, she had uh, renovated prior to Teardrop Max coming home. She had it open. So she could be observing him at all moments from some angle. It's almost like a studio now. There's machine noises. You know, all your typical things that's going to keep someone alive and uh, they look dead. Emma spent countless, countless hours talking to Teardrop Max, hoping that he, uh, he would open up or respond or tap a finger or flick an eye and blash or something. To let her know that there was something in there that never happened. With time and with habit and routine and habit, Amber found herself a little flirtatious to the nurse. And the nurse's subtle flirtatious ways back. This sort of played on for a few months. Soon for both of them, best part of their day. Unbeknownst be known to them, poor old Max, poor old teardrop. Was fully conscious and aware of everything around his surroundings. He too even witnessed the growing between Amber, the love of his life, and the nurse, only to have silent screams, just getting smashed, feeling a jealous. <laughs> Well, it's like inside for him, but outside it's birds chirping and fucking glass clinging. Fine went by. And then one day, it's always the way, the weather starts warming up. It's around that time he can start wearing a T-shirt again. It's just, yeah, all right, things are warming up. Summer's coming. I better fuck something. <laughs> yeah, at them times. That feeling in her, that itch, that seven-year itch that turned to three, four years. But understandably, Max Teardrop had suffered a major brain hemorrhage and this is the result. Nothing but changing shitty artists and, you know, I'm not going to say Amber didn't do this or did do this. I'm just telling you a story and this is what's in it. <laughs> but don't think that Amber in all this time didn't, you know, why she cleaned him up after a nappy change. Didn't get his cock in her hand and try to jack him off to see if it would get hard because I'm pretty sure if it did, she would have got up and rode the pony. But turns out that that didn't work for him. That's a real shame, that. He could have... Look, under the circumstances he was in, he could probably enjoy that. That little bit of sexual relief that he gets from the woman that he loves, even though it's just just a fat. It's the only conscious thing on his body that works. It's just his cock. He could probably do 20 years like that before starting to wish for death. 
I don't know. I don't think I could. That's a little hushy. But it's just a story, and I'm just telling you how it is. Don't blame me. Well, blame me, but, you know, it's a story. So anyway, you know, Chibi often got the better of her. She's uh, put that cock in her hand, and she's gone a step further. She's put that cock in her mouth. And um, now, feverish, I need to be fucked. Glances over the teardrop laying up in his bed, seeing no, no signs of any inkling of life. The nurse comes over, the standard level, chit-chatted normally, makes the cup. The nurse comes up and... Their hands brush each other as he goes in to help make a cup of coffee, like really fucking some sort of romantic movie bullshit. But that's what happened. And it was awkward, and I fucking sort of was like cringe for him. Because that hand touch was like, not that I was there, but I'm there now on my head. <laughs> it's just like the rest of you fuckers. It was cringy. <sighs> but it was enough. It was enough for Amber's desires to turn into the nurse and... Going for a kiss. <sighs> the nurse was just totally honest. I'm gonna fuck this chick. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck her. I don't wanna wreck me nice guy fucking shit. I just, but I know I'm gonna fuck her. I hope she just says something one day. In that kiss, that said all that shit to him. I'm gonna fuck her. In the desires of Amber to the desires of the nurse. <laughs> well, they were two different things. <laughs> two different things indeed. Amber. Wanted love in a sense. She wanted to feel all that, that last moment she felt with Max Teardrop that laid there in the bed. Mr. Too Nice, Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. Molly's partner. Looks like he couldn't fucking do no wrong. All he wanted to do was smash the back out of her from behind. Two different designs. <laughs> so that first kiss... They got a little bit more forceful and a bit more held and a bit more... And now the moment of sexual heat and passion had arrived. The temperatures of the bodies were now starting to hit that point. Even though the nurse was wanting a whole lot more. It took Amber by surprise. She hadn't really been fucked like this before. Max teardropping was pretty standard in his ways of fucking... So in this moment of regret and horror and, you know, triple mind thought, she peered over towards Teardrop, Max laying there in bed. There was no life, so she just turned her head. And inside Max's head, Teardrop's head, he was witnessing his love of his life getting smashed from behind by the nurse. The thought process of man who's already dealing with the fact that he's trapped inside a lifeless body. A conscious just doesn't have motor skills, anything to move, nothing. And his heart is breaking and breaking. But he can't even tear up nothing. Piss himself, shoot himself, but you know, that's not under his control. It's tormented watching this happen. Around that time, there was a noise that was started to heard, like a buzz, at really low, very faint, very hard to uh, 
pick up where the direction was or anything like that. The romance of the short lived between the nurse and Amber. It lasted about a week, and that was a week of the nurse's dominating ways. It made Amber apply for a different respite. Anyway, this noise, and it's like a, it's like a, it's just a noise. It sounds a little electrical, but not. But there's something. And anyone that goes to bed at night, and you know, there's a noise that's, you know, you can have all sorts of noise that's happening, but when you have a different noise, you're quite aware of it. Your, your ears prick up to it. What is that? What is that fucking noise? I need to check it and it might start a fire. That sort of noise. There's a bit of panic to it because what is it? After about two weeks. Mm. Sort of close but not. <sighs> you look and have people come around and yeah, I hear it. They couldn't quite pinpoint. They changed all the machinery that was keeping old Max teardrop alive, thinking it might have been some sort of machine problem making that noise. like a buzz that's in like a uh, didgeridoo. <sighs> a little like that last bit. There it is. That's it. A very faint. But enough to, what the fuck is that? Three weeks in the day of their, what would have been their fifth anniversary. Amber is now like, it's a bit broken, a bit soul destroyed. You picture yourself just, you know, you don't even go to the market, supermarket, that comes to you. You know, that should come to your door. There it is, knock on your door, there's your groceries. Thank you, fella. Ah, the but It's that racist, or it's that just like, you know, fair, fair. I'm not being racist here, I'm just being like funny <laughs> because it's right. It's more the head wobble. Well, the head wobble. Well, <coughs> what racist would be if I said something like, you know, why they wobble their heads? Because there's two little blowholes behind their ears, and only one works at a time. So, there's a head wobble. Every time they speak, they're skirting there. <laughs> if you don't believe me, check behind their ears. Now, that's racist, yeah? That is. I'm sorry to all my Indian friends, Russian. Um, if I've left anyone out, I'm sorry. If I've missed anyone, I, <laughs> I apologise. It's just so many names to remember. But um, anyway. <laughs> it is funny. You're a racist. Media Wolfie, you can find us at <sighs> Bitch and Wolf Snatcher, Bitch and Wolf Instagram, mm-hmm. and Bitch and Wolf TikTok. Not that hard. <sighs> it's time now. It was it was their fifth year anniversary. Three weeks of the noise. I can't do it. Fucking It's more of a hum. It's like a no, it's like a it's fucking odd. So anyway she uh 
I don't know, so she changed his nappy and cleaned him up. You know, she uh, squeezed his dick. <laughs> just out of curiosity. It's like happy in the first room, it's the best. I can't take it off because it doesn't work, but I'll just grab it in my hand and hang on, I'm going to flip-flop it. I'm going to go right, left, right, left, right, left. Hang on, let me put a song on. Okay, that works. That's close. He's thinking. That's close. But that wasn't how it was at all. You know, so heartbroken and in turmoil and living a fucking living hell. He didn't have to wait for death. He was living it now in the conscious world and the world of pain and hurt. He just wanted his eyes to shut. But, you know, when you keep your eyes open about two, three mil, you can still see shit. You can see shit as clear as day. And if you've got no, like, fucking thick eyelashes, here's one of them half eyelashes, dudes, so these sort of wads. He's a bit blondish, so they were very blonde and weren't black. You know, he was a bit freckly on the face, too. One of them sorts. She went down to kiss him on the uh, cheek. Happy anniversary, baby. And she went down to do it. She heard the sound. <laughs> Whatever it was, what it was was teardrop screams, just a faint noise that come out in that moment, Amber's realisation, and her <sighs> remorse, and she did what only she knew best would do, and that best was to dose them both up and suicide, and that's what happened on the 5th of July, 5th anniversary. That's the story of uh, Teardrop. Thanks for your time, <laughs> mate. Not everyone likes endings and not everyone likes stories, but, uh, you know, that's just that one. Please don't complain about, uh, you know, the, that dick in hand, the dick in mouth, because, you know, realistically, if you're a chick and you were looking after your loved one, you'd probably do that, yeah? You'd probably go, give us a look. Let me just make sure you're not fucking pretending in there so you don't have to fucking do nothing. See you watching TV all fucking day, getting your ass changed and wiped. Fucking making out like you're fucking dead. <laughs> 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 Let me just get that a shake for a minute and a bit of a suck. Kill the curiosity. Curiosity choked the cat. But not teardrop. <laughs>